0: In the previous class, we were discussing the denim of a clerician and clichény. Before we go into all the details of the denim and bring down practical cases, I just want to mention the introductions of understanding the concept of what a clerician is, what a clichény is, and so on. So, clerician, we explained, is the pot that cooked on the fire itself, and therefore that pot has the ability to cook. As long as it's still yatsi let us be as still as long as it's still 110 degrees. Klechani, which is the second pot that you poured the things from the clearishin into. So that has the ability to cook many things. Certain things we know for sure it cannot cook, such as liquid, certain spices, but most other things could become cooked even in the klechini. But now you have something in between the klirishen and the klirisheni. And that's called irui klirishen, pouring from the klirishen. And to give you an example, just to, to explain this with an example. If I have a raw piece of chicken, and there's a pot cooking on the fire, or even if it's off the fire, and I put the piece of chicken, raw chicken, into this pot, Halachikli, the Kledishin could cook, the entire piece of chicken becomes cooked. What happens if I pour from the water of the Kledishin into a Kledishini? So then again, that cannot cook liquids, it cannot cook spices, most other things. It has the ability to cook, and we're not exactly sure, Halacha says, what things could become cooked in a klesheni, what things don't become cooked in a klesheni. There are certain things, what are called kali bishel, they cook very easily, like eggs, uh, salted herring, uh, tea leaves, and things like that cook very easily. What happens, though, if I don't put the piece of chicken into the klesheni, but I put it into the klesheni? So, like we learned, it could cook or not cook, that's questionable. But what happens if I have a piece of chicken in an empty pot and I pour from a clinician, I pour from the kettle on top of this raw chicken. It doesn't have a din of a cliché, it's hotter than the cliché. When I pour the water into another vessel and then add the chicken, the water is not as hot as when I pour directly from the kettle on top of the chicken. And the din is, the pouring of a klirishen cooks in halacha what's called kedei klipa, the outer shell of the food that you're pouring it on. So for instance, if I would pour from a klirishen on top of a piece of chicken, the outer shell of the chicken, the outer layer of the chicken, becomes cooked. More than that, it doesn't become cooked. If I put it into the klirishin itself, because it's directly on the fire or was on the fire, even when it's off the fire, it still can cook the entire piece of chicken. So that is what's called klirishin, klirsheni, and then you have what's called irui klirishin, which is pouring from the klirishin over the food which is raw. If I would pour from a klirsheni, on top of something else, that would be called Irui Klechany, pouring from a Klesheni over something else, which obviously is not as hot as the Klesheni, and therefore it could cook even less than the Klesheni itself. So now let's discuss a number of practical examples of this concept of Bishul. What happens If somebody wants to make, let's say, a cup of coffee on Shabbos and you have instant coffee, so you have the coffee and then you have the sugar. So if I would put coffee into a glass, into an empty glass with sugar, and I pour from the kettle over this coffee and sugar. Halachically, I am cooking the coffee and the sugar, and therefore it would be forbidden to do. And not only that, if somebody did it, it would be forbidden to drink the coffee. If somebody would take a tea bag and put a tea bag into an empty cup and pour from a kettle over this tea bag, that would be considered cooking the tea bag, the tea leaves, and therefore that would be forbidden to use on Shabbos. It would be considered cooking, and then it would be forbidden to use also. What happens? I'll give you another example which is very practical, and this is a din which is also questionable in halacha. Some people are more mahma than others in it, but let's discuss the actual case. Many people have, on Shabbos, they have soup. So you have the pot of soup that's cooking on the fire. You remove it from the fire, obviously, to be able to serve it, and now you put soup into the klisheni. Now you have what's called the ladle. The ladle is put into the klishen and then you pour into the bowl, which now becomes seemingly a klisheni. But the halachic question is, what din does this ladle have? Is the ladle a klisheni or is the ladle a klishen? And this is a big discussion in Poskin. what's the question? If I would pour from the pot of soup into the ladle, the ladle is definitely a clicheny, but here I'm putting the ladle into the pot of soup. So the question is, does that ladle, because I'm putting it into the pot of soup, does that get the same category as a klerish in itself? Or do we say, no, it didn't cook on the fire, so even though I'm putting the ladle into the pot of soup, it still doesn't have a din of a klishen, it would only have a din of a klishani. If that ladle would have a din of a klishani, then the bowl of soup would be called klishlishi, the third bowl, not the second bowl, but the third bowl. So there's a big discussion in Poskim. the general consensus, generally speaking in alocha, is as follows. If the ladle is put in and out, in other words, you don't leave the ladle in the soup for an extended period of time, then most Poskim hold, you can count the ladle as a klisheni, as the second vessel, and then the bowl would be a klishlishi. And we'll discuss the din of a klishlishi in a minute. What happens, though, if I leave the ladle inside the pot of soup for an extended period of time, many poskem hold, then the ladle becomes a klyrishin, and then your bowl of soup only becomes a klisheni, not a klishlishi. What would be the difference in a practical case if the bowl of soup is a klisheni or a klishlishi? We mentioned before, klisheni can cook, but one, two things we know they don't cook. Liquid and certain spices. But everything else, a klisheni cooks. For instance, the Rebbe mentions, what happens if somebody wants to put bread, you want to put crackers, uh, soup mandalach, croutons, and they want to put them into a klisheni? So even though the bread was already baked, and I'm going to leave that for a different class, there is cooking after baking. So even though the challah say, was baked, or the croutons were fried or roasted or baked, nevertheless a klisheni that's hot can cook the challah. If the klisheni is not hot anymore, it can't cook anything. But what happens if you have a klisheni that's hot, you have a hot bowl of soup and somebody wants to put challah into the soup or crackers or matzah into the soup, if the soup is a klisheni, it cooks the challah or the bread or the crackers or the mandalach, whatever it is, it becomes cooked. If the bowl is a klishlishi, klishlishi does not cook most things. A klishlishi does not have the ability to cook, mostly unless if it's things that are so easily cooked, like very salted herring or things like that. But otherwise, a klishlishi cannot cook. So the question is, if I take from a pot of soup on the fire, and I take out soup with the ladle into the bowl, if the bowl has a din of a klisheni, I cannot add anything into the soup. According to the al you can't even add salt into the soup if the soup is hot. If the ladle has a din of a klisheni, then the bowl has a din of a klishlishi, the third vessel, then you can add whatever you want into it. You can add khali, you can add salt, you can add whatever you want. It's not a problem. So again, these are the various different opinions. Many people are machmes, some people are more lenient. But the bottom line is we need to understand that if something is a klisheni, The only thing that's hot, the only things you could put into it are liquids and spices. If it's a klishlishi, you could put everything into it. So these are, again, practical cases of what you're allowed to put into a klishen, what you're allowed to put into a klisheni, and the difference between klishen, which is directly on the fire, which means pouring from the fire onto the food which is uncooked, Cliche is when you pour from the klesheni into an empty pan or bowl or plate or cup or whatever it is that has a din of a cliche then you have the glass itself or the, would be a cliche, and pouring from that cup would be either pouring from a cliche. So let's say, for instance, somebody has a very hot cup of coffee cup of coffee, they made it properly in a, in a, but it's a cliche, let's say. Would I be allowed to add milk into that hot coffee? The answer is yes, because the milk is not going to become cooked in the cliche because the klesheni cannot cook liquids. So if somebody wants to add um, various foods into a a klesheni, you need to know when you're allowed to add it and what you're not allowed to add. And the more practical cases we'll discuss when we give, finish with these introductions of the various concepts of Bishel, then we'll be able to come back and give practical examples for all these types of cases to know what we'd be allowed to do and what we wouldn't be allowed to do. There are another din that will begin in this class and it will be continued. And that is... There's a concept called ein bishel achar bishul." There's no cooking after cooking in halacha, but not under all circumstances. For instance, food that was completely cooked and completely dry cannot become halachically recooked. You have a similar case. When people used to travel, when they had these on the plane, when they served dinners, and they would serve the, the TV dinners as they were called, or somebody is in the hospital and they have all these TV dinners or whatever it is, kosher dinners obviously, and they're being reheated by the stewardess on the plane. Why isn't that considered cooking that it might be a problem of bisholakum? And the answer is because these things are already cooked. And because they are already cooked, when it comes to Bishel Akum, laws of Goyim cooking, and certain things that Goyim are not allowed to cook for Jews, that the food would be forbidden to eat, doesn't apply if it was already cooked before and now it's becoming recooked. There is a concept that's called Ein Bishal Acha bishel. there's no cooking after cooking. The question is, does this concept apply to the laws of Shabbos or not? And here, there's a difference between dry substances, what's called yavesh, and something which is called lach, something which is called wet. What is the definition in halacha of wet? The definition in regard to this of wet means that if you touch it, your finger would get wet enough that if it touches something else, it would get wet. What's called tefeach amenas it's wet enough that it can make something else wet, but if I have something which is basically dry, and I touch it, and my finger will not be wet enough to make something else wet, it's considered a dry substance. When it comes to Shabbos, something which was completely cooked, completely cooked, and now I want to recook it, on Shabbos it's not a problem. So, for instance, what happens if somebody has a food, like noodles, we completely cooked. They're completely cooked. And now they're completely dry. Would I be allowed to put that into a very hot klisheni? So the Allah is I would be allowed to because it can't become recooked because it was already cooked. There's no cooking after cooking. There is cooking after baking. There's baking after cooking. There's baking after roasting. These are all questionable things in halacha. And the logic of it is very simple. Something which was completely cooked, and I reheat it, I'm really not changing anything because all the changes that were possible to be done were done already. I'm not changing it. But there's a difference between baking and cooking. It's a different type of heat, it's a different type of accomplishment in the food that you're doing. So then the halacha is something that was baked, if you re-cook it, the cooking then adds to the baking and that would be considered cooking on Shabbos. In the next class we will continue this concept and continue with more dinam of Bishal Acher bishol.